This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo, and today, ladies and gentlemen, John David is actually out. As uh, if you haven't seen already, the new baby has in fact arrived. Uh, baby and mama, last I saw, are both doing very well. They were able to celebrate Easter together as their uh, full family, and um, just really, really excited for him. But with new proud papa John David being out, we got another proud papa showing up to uh, to be co-host this week. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, we love him. He has been a longtime listener of Country Squire Radio, literally the first ever Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club member a uh, tobacco enthusiast, amazing artist, literally sitting on the house where Pipe Smoking Pete does all of his yearly work for International Pipe Smoking Day. Ladies and gentlemen, Russ Hicks. Russ, welcome back to the show. Hey, Bo. Thanks for having me. So glad to be here. I am so stoked to have you here, man. We, uh, you know, it, whenever I was in Jackson, whenever you would come to town, it was always a treat. Like, you know, the, the great thing is we've had so many different people will make their pipe pilgrimages and, and that sort of thing. But you've actually got ties to Mississippi that sometimes, if I'm being totally honest, I, I kind of forget until you show up into town and start referencing things. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is the, I'm talking to a local here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I grew up just a few miles from the country squire. I went to Span Elementary uh, right down the road from the squire yes, and uh, Woodland Hills Baptist Academy and then on to Clinton. That's where I graduated high school and then to Mississippi State and then on off into the rest of the world. You know, when I first got my car, I used to drive over to, uh, you know, Lakeland Drive and go see uh, Miss Reeves. So yeah, yeah man. long before John David was smoking a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So that's the thing, man. You you got a chance to see, you know, you talk about the evolution of the squire over the years and uh, even just over the years of this podcast, we've, we've talked through as John David became manager to eventually acquiring and then the, the shop kind of getting a, a major upgrade and then moving and now kind of going through this new upgrade. And now they've even got the uh, I think what we've kind of like lovingly referred to as the annex, kind of a secondary location to handle the shipping and everything. Uh, it's it's been an amazing journey for the small section of the the history of the shop that we've been able to kind of experience here. But you actually you get to go back to uh, to the earliest days, the primordial country squire, if you will. <laughs> right, right, yeah. No, it was a it was a neat place because you could go there. I'm not saying I was underage, but I might have been underage. And <laughs> you know, Miss Reeves would hook you up, and uh, she was she was fantastic. So well, the statue of limitations, I think, is passed. Plus, she's in glory now, so I think we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, she's a, she's a saint. So. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, we like I said, I'm very very excited to have you on the show, especially for the the topic that we'll be diving into, um, which I'll, I'll talk about more here in just a moment. But first, I want to do a few things. I want to let people know, of course, this uh, podcast is made possible by the amazing support of the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. If you hadn't already, head over to Patreon.com/slash Country Squire Radio to learn how you can help support the show. Uh, also, man, I gotta, I gotta do something that I don't normally do. In fact, I don't think I have ever done this in the history of country squire radio. And that is promote another podcast. Now I know what you're thinking. I've actually done that several times, but no, no, no. this is a podcast that I have worked on, but it's not necessarily a pottery show. It's actually uh, one that I was able to, uh, very fortunately help, uh, two listeners of country squire radio, uh, get out the door. And it is the old fashioned finance podcast. It actually just recently launched, I believe this week, if I'm uh, if I'm remembering correctly, and so I strongly recommend it. It's one of these shows that I was very very fortunate to to help them kind of get it together, and 
very much looking forward to to listening on a weekly basis as uh, these guys kind of help go into the the concepts surrounding high finance while also talking about uh, you know really really delicious cocktails. And if you think that seems like an odd uh, combination, you try doing a podcast about finance without alcohol. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a really great show. So y'all check it out. It's the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast. And uh, and give you those guys a shout out. Let them know that Country Squire Radio sent you, uh, man. Russ, okay, we are talking today. This is almost like a pipe smoking one hundred and one type of episode. In fact, it may even qualify as that. Okay, because when you and I were first discussing, you know, kind of what you kind of really bring to the table as kind of a, uh, a stand-in host for John David, you know. We, we talk about the world of kind of like, you know, pipes and tobaccos. You got kind of your, your pipe enthusiast and you've got your tobacco enthusiast. And, and you really are, I mean, to say you're a tobacco enthusiast might be putting it mildly. Is that, is that safe to say? Oh yeah. I think my focus is, is really tobacco centric. Um, not to say I don't have a, a large collection of pipes, uh, whether that be right or wrong. I do. And, uh, and I think you need that at some point for, for various reasons, but yeah, tobacco is first for me. And, uh, it has been that way, you know, since the very beginning. So, um, yeah, you've got that knowledge and and it's not coming necessarily from like an industry standpoint. It's very much from a consumer, from an enthusiast, from someone who uh, has a lot of passion for the product. And you know, what we're talking about today, we're, we're talking about be that, that new pipe smoker, going from being a rookie pipe smoker into kind of that intermediate level. How do you kind of, you know, level up, so to speak, as a pipe smoker, if I could kind of speak to our video game playing audience? Um, you know, and one of the things that I think for a lot of people is they come to the pipe, and we've seen this through feedback, through questions, they come to it through, through like basically one of two reasons. It's either the smell and kind of the nostalgia of kind of the, the tobacco, specifically like a a father or a grandfather kind of was a, was a pipe smoker and they were trying to like chase after that smell, that room note that they remember as a child uh, that kind of filled the room, right? So there's that and various aspects of that, or there's the pipe itself, something about the art form. Uh, maybe it's like the church warden, maybe it, it kind of connects you with say something in pop culture like Sherlock Holmes or like Lord of the Rings. And there's kind of that visual aesthetic and just kind of the art form of the pipe that really pulls people in. But regardless of how you kind of come to the pipe, be it those two or something other uh, otherwise, uh, ultimately you get in and instantly can feel in over your head. And we've done a lot of different pipe smoking one-on-one episodes to kind of help that new pipe smoker get out the door, get out that kind of that first bowl, give you the kind of the confidence that you need to be like, Hey, this is a little weird at first, but push through. There's no judgment in getting started here at all. So today we're not necessarily talking to that first timer, but we are talking to somebody who's in kind of that newer phase of their pipe journey who's been kind of smoking a pipe that kind of figured out the rhythm a little bit, but now they want to kind of understand like, what is it that they can really tap into to unlock the appreciation, not just of kind of the, the idea of smoking a pipe, but the actual like quality of the tobacco, like how can they really unpack the product and, uh, and kind of upgrade themselves as a pipe smoker. So I know this is a, a subject that you have a lot of passion for, uh, Russ. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think if you, if I, <laughs> I actually went back through my files, I, when I was, a when I was young and I was living in Jackson, I had a friend of mine that kept just files on everything. And oh, you're talking, this was like first, second, third grade. Right. So I have a file from like back in the day before I was a pipe smoker on pipe smoking. <laughs> and, uh, but I did, I did pull out an article from the Clarion ledger, which is the Jackson Mississippi oh, yeah. paper. 
from 1991. Now, this would have been right after I graduated from high school. But anyway, I, it and I'm not going to read it because it's a long thing, but it basically talks about how William Faulkner smoked a pipe. So he had a friend named Herman Taylor. And uh, apparently Herman Taylor and his wife, Nina, they went to, uh, Faulkner had a place in Hollywood at the time. This would have been like 1943. And so <laughs> Herman Taylor has his pipe with him. And uh, William Faulkner basically says, oh, you know, I see you gave up cigarettes. And he said, yes, I did. He said, I, I got tired of losing them. And the pipe fixes that problem. So he just started stuffing his pipe with tobacco and lit it real quick. And William Faulkner basically stops everything and shows him how he does it. And he lays, <laughs> he takes a massive amount of time laying in mm -hmm. pieces of tobacco like they were shingles on a roof and, and then gently pressing. And it takes him forever. It's a ritual. And so, and then at the end of the thing, he lights it, he shows him how to light it. And, and the pipe lasts that uh, Herman Taylor says it lasts for four hours. So, <laughs> so if you want to have a professional pipe smoker, man, that is your goal right there. And, uh, so I, I, the reason I share that story is like, I want to like put it, put everybody's mind to where the ultimate is, you know, it, it for me would be to somebody that can, can do what he did, load his pipe, have it last forever. And, and that is, that is kind of the goal, but 99% of us can't do that myself included. And I, I consider myself a very advanced pipe smoker. I've been doing this for 30 something years, 34 years. And, um, I get a ton of enjoyment out of the, out of my pipe, but it wasn't always that way. So, um, as far as like leveling up a game, I've never thought about pipe smoking is like you have different levels, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try, <laughs> try to say what I would do to myself <laughs> to bring myself from you know, a near novice, which I can easily remember those times uh, up into, you know, to improve my enjoyment level. So, um, so the first thing I did living in Jackson, we had a tinder box, which was closer to where I lived. And, uh, they had this little pamphlet, probably many of y'all have it. it. It's, uh, it's, it was like pipe smoking 101. I would read it and I got so confused. Now I was a, I was younger and I had no idea what they were talking about when they were talking about loading a bowl. You know, you'd put some tobacco in a bowl and then you'd press it down. But then as you put more in there, it was supposed to stay looser at the bottom. And I'm thinking to myself as a, you know, 15, 16 year old, how do, how do I keep pressing this down and it stay looser at the bottom? It's just getting tighter. And then they talk about, oh, you got to build cake. You need to do all these do's and do's and don'ts. And I, I got, it, it became overwhelming because I didn't have a group of friends to go and say, Hey, you guys are experienced doing this. How do I do this properly? And so, so here's the thing that I would tell everybody after 34 years of smoking a pipe, my goal when I smoke a pipe is to have a cool, dry smoke. Hmm. Okay. So that is number one. If I don't have a cool, dry smoke, it's not going to be a good smoke. And that, that is, that is a thing. How do I get that? And with all different types of tobaccos, with all different types of pipes, that's typically my goal. So, um, I, if you can keep something simple out in the forefront and I'll probably keep coming back to that as we discuss this further, but, but that could be a very simple and attainable goal. I don't think you're going to get your pipe to go for four hours. I can't remember 
I think two hours is about as long as I've ever had a pipe go. So it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine, but that's not the goal. The goal is to enjoy what you're doing. And y'all had a pipe smoking 101 episode not too long ago. And John David said, you know, you need to something to the effect of you need to learn how to enjoy your pipe. Mm -hmm. And those simple words, if you can just stop and think about what those actually mean, because most of the time when we are smoking our pipes, we're not really trying to enjoy it. Not like we should. So I, it just sounds so silly, but learning how to do that and, and coming back to that cool, dry smoke is, is my goal. So how do you get it? And uh, how do you get something that's uh, flavorful? How do you get something that you enjoy? And so what I typically do, you know, or when I started this, I was smoking aromatics, which in Mississippi, you got a hundred percent humidity all the time. Aromatics yet. Yeah, right. So, and aromatics are genuinely wet. I mean, they're just, just, you know, they, they have a uh, propylene glycol all over them. Uh, just they're covered with casing. So that's a challenge. Uh, I'm usually, I was smoking some drugstore pipes, not that drugstore pipes are in themselves terrible because there are some that are okay and you have to do modifications, but if you don't know what to do, then, then you're kind of out of luck. So, um, so, so there are some barriers to entry that, that a lot of those can be fixed at a good reputable pipe shop. So, um, it, but it's hard to find a lot of pipe shops nowadays aren't pipe shops, they're cigar shops and, and there's mm. very little understanding. So thank goodness that we have a social uh, media community that we can all lean on. But what, what I would recommend as far as the tobacco if if you don't like the way it smells, you're not going to, you're not going to really in, enjoy it or you're not going to want to buy it to start with. Right. And so that's where you kind of make your first mistake. If you're, if you're just sitting on the same blend o over and over, just because the way you like it smell, the way it smells in the can or, or whatnot, a lot of times venturing out is really an eye opener because as you well know, you take that wonderful smelling whatever, put it in your pipe and you light it and it doesn't taste like it smells. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. So, and, and that's okay. It, but it's it's one of those things when you're starting this, and, and I had this preconception for years. It's like, well, you know, what is it supposed to taste like? And, and I didn't know what tobacco really tasted like for a long time. And I, I think the sooner that you learn what tobacco tastes like, the, the better it is. And so case in point, last week, y'all were pairing uh, some some scotch with pipe tobacco. That's right. Uh, McAllen uh, 12 year, if I'm not mistaken. Is that the one that he, he that y'all paired with Royal Yacht? That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. So Royal Yacht, wonderful thing to talk about. I despise Royal Yacht, as do so many people. But John David made it so flowery that I wanted to go out and buy a tin of Royal Yacht, even though I know I hate it. And I know what it tasted like back in the Murray's era when the topping was a right. little bit different than it is now. And I, I know all about it. You listen to something. And, and the thing is, is John David knows how to smoke Royal Yacht and how to pull those flavors out of it. Maybe I could too, if I didn't dislike it so much. Well, hang on. No, I got it. I'm, I'm curious now. Wait, so did you actually pick up uh, some Royal? Yacht? Oh, no, no. I, I talked myself out of it because I, I'm okay. Yeah. All right. Cause I, I do that sometimes with like green olives. Like I hate green olives, but every once in a while, like I'll see like a muffaletta or something. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, well, it's, but no. Yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> yeah, but, but Royal yachts, not for me. 
but it's right. some, it's for people. There are people out there that love it. Yeah, Steve Absolutely. Fallon is yeah. one of those people, and I don't actually know that he smokes it. I think he filters all of his um, his tobacco through Royal Yacht because he loves that mm. topping that they put on it. But I mean, look, he's figured out how to get enjoyment out of this thing, and that's what you're trying to do. But any there there are no rules, and other other than don't hurt yourself doing this. And you can, that's the thing. You can totally burn your tongue and leave yourself mm-hmm. miserable. You can uh, give yourself the spins big time. So those are the, the things. If you, if you, if you really want to level up your game, try to avoid hurting yourself back to the Royal yacht thing though. It's uh, a, <laughs> so finding a tobacco that you love, is hard. There's so many of them out there and I guarantee you there's one for every one of our listeners and there's not going to be the same. I mean, Brian Levine loves Acadian Ribbon, which was the worst-selling McClellan's blend of all time. He was probably the only one buying it, but that's for him. And so I don't like Royal Yacht. There are others that I don't like, and there are things that I do love that wouldn't be for other people. One of the simple things you can do is how many cavities do you have in your in your mouth? If you have a lot of cavities, <laughs> you probably have a, an acidic palate. And if you oh. have an acidic palate... You may want to lean lean towards a more alkaline tobacco, like a Burley or something. I, on the other hand, I have no cavities in my mouth, and I have an extremely alkaline palate. And if I smoke Burley, I have a reaction to it. Now, I like the taste of Burley. Wait, hang on. That's fascinating. Is does that is that just based off of is the assumption that your uh, cavities are directly related to how much sugar you you consume, well, or is there actually like a, a correlation here? Well, I, I I'm I'm not sure. I'm not a dentist and I'm not a doctor, but I do know I have no cavities, and I do know that I have. If you do a pH <laughs> test on my mouth, it's extremely alkaline. So, um, and <laughs> wow, I do know cool. that Virginia pipe tobacco has a lot of sugar in it, and uh, it's an acidic tobacco. This isn't a one a one to one thing, but I'm just saying that right, that right. Um, I have a I have actually a reaction to certain tobaccos, and um, and there are people out there that may have a reaction to Virginias, or they may have a reaction to Dark Fired or Perique, or something, you know. So so don't it, it, when I partake of Burley tobacco, and I I continually do this to myself because I I want to one day grow up and be a Burley smoker, but it's not going to happen. So uh, I have to, you, you have to find out what you can handle and what you enjoy the most. So I, and I'm primarily a Virginia smoker and I've smoked uh, years and years of aromatics of all different types. I've smoked a decade or more of Latakia. And then after that, I, I've become a Virginia smoker. That may not be the path that you take, but you need to find your path. Some people like all sorts of different variety and some people you know, they, they really just want one thing. And I think that was a very common deal. And, and we could have a whole episode about how I think complexity is overrated. It's an interesting subject, but I think finding something that you really enjoy smoking is probably the first step to leveling up your game. And it's going to cost some money, unfortunately, because you're going to have to try a bunch of different things and you need to be somewhat methodical about it. You know, learn what's out there. And try a little bit of everything. And then if you get in a certain say, you say, hey, I like Latakia. And then you need to try to find some different types of Latakia. You need to find, if, if you can find some Syrian, you need to know what that tastes like. If you need to get some Oriental in there, you need to sample all these things to see what you right. what you really like. I find that people don't take that part seriously. When you're trying to search for your tobacco, you've got your pipe and you've been smoking one cue in it for months and months. And now you're going to put in a, a Latakia blend in it. 
And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, this tastes pretty good. It's kind of sweet. It was like, well, no, that's just the ghost of the of the one Q that's in it. You have to season that pipe to that blend. And this is why I find that people you know, say, oh, you know, I, I, I bought this and I thought I really liked it and it was really good. And then as I smoked it more and more, it got worse or vice versa, it got better. You have to spend some time with that blend. Anyway, finding your blend, that is really, really number one. Find what you like. And it, it'll be a it'll probably be a bunch of different things. Like I love Virginia ribbons, all sorts of Virginia ribbons and flakes. But there's some that I don't like. Make make that a serious part of your of what you're doing. That covers to me, that covers like the tobacco part of it. The pipe part is next. If you don't have the proper pipe to smoke something in, it can really be a challenge. So what would be a good pipe to, to put this in? Well, uh, typically briar is what most people go for and it imparts its own flavor, right? Let me kind of pause right there too, because you said something earlier and I think that there's some truth in this in terms of kind of a, you know, gas station pipe is there's some decent gas station pipes with some modifications you can certainly enjoy. And I, you know, I would, I would just add a little bit of a caveat, which is a gas station pipe is functional, but it's probably not going to be that pipe that you just get extreme enjoyment out of. Well, no. So if you're going to get something from a gas station, I highly recommend a Cobb. I know you'll probably have a... Oh, I, I definitely agree, but we'll save that transition for later. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So... You know what I'm talking about. Like you get the, the plasticky, you know, briar type of pipes that you get from the gas station. And it's not always like, you know, functional, but, but, but not necessarily... I would I would be surprised to learn if somebody really kind of unlocked their full enjoyment of the pipe with a gas station pipe. My grandfather ran a drugstore and he had a bunch of uh, drugstore pipes in there. They were mainly Dr. Grabo's and Medico's right. and a Missouri Meerschaum rack. And so those pipes were, they weren't just like a gas station pipe. They were a little bit above that. And they were certainly functional. And I've, I still have some that I smoke today that, that, you know, I got from him. But today's gas station pipe may be of a lower quality. And and I haven't right. bought one in, you know, I can't, you know, it'd been 30 years probably. So, so I really <laughs> don't have any, any, uh, you know, thing to say, but, but most of the basket pipes that you would get at most, you know, most pipe shops can be quite decent. Um, I, I, there is something to be said for an artisan pipe and, oh, you could go down the rabbit hole with, with having really nice, um, you know, factory pipes and artisan pipes. I, I think, you know, if I can get Mimo's Briar that's properly, um, you know, it, it's got all the tannins removed from it. Um, it's, it's, oh, it, those are my favorite by far because they're mm. the most pure. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of money on those and it's something that I don't want to, you know, I cherish them, but do I have to have them? I have some pipes that become, that have become magic that are just like normal basket pipes. So how did that happen, right? It was a really good piece of briar, maybe, that was well cured. You know, or maybe I just got lucky. Sometimes with basket pipes, you know, they'll end up putting a lot of stain in the bowl. That's a big no-no for me. Right, right. So that's something that you could look for. But but getting a pipe, you really can't go wrong with a cob because it's so pure. Even though when you first get a cob, it may taste a little strange, right? So d- depending on how how old the cob is. You know, it can still be a little bit wet and it'll need to dry out on the inside or you can get some taste of corn, but that goes away. It's a very natural thing. So, uh, but you know, like some of the cobs, I have, I have a a bunch of cobs from my grandfather's 1960s, 1970s pipe rack. Then all of those have been around for, you know, 30, 40 years. 
and they're they're not petrified, but they you pick one of those up that's unsmoked and you smoke it. It, it, it is wonderful. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so that's the, the, the next thing, but you do. So, you know, there's a big thing about air hole size that, especially with Rick Newcomb's book, um, in search of pipe dreams and that sort of stuff where you need to have, you know, a four and a half millimeter diameter air hole to get everything to, to flow right and, and be right. And, um, there is some truth in that. I think the air hole, the draft hole, all the way from you know the tobacco chamber to through the shank and and then into the stem. I think when it gets too big, you'll start getting chunks of tobacco in your mouth, and I think that's when it's too big. But I do like to have something that that draws easily. If I have to pull, if I have to suck real hard to get smoke to flow through, that's really a a no go for me. That is one thing. Now the other big, my other big pet peeve on pipes is how the stem meets the mortise. And a lot of manufacturers will leave a 16th to an eighth inch gap there. So, you know, I, am an aerospace engineer. I deal with fluid flow all day. And if you have, uh, if you have a, a, a place where you can have turbulence or form a vortex inside the pipe, it's going to have a low pressure region and that low pressure region is going to condense, you know, any moisture that's in that smoke. And if, if you know anything about burning hydrocarbons and our pipe tobacco is hydrocarbons, uh, if you burn hydrocarbons, you get two things, you get CO2 and then you get water. So just burning your pipe tobacco is going to make water even regardless from the chemical reaction. So, and, and what you want that water to do is just to come into the smoke as steam and then, you know, go out. You don't want it to have it collect, but if you're going to burn hydrocarbons, there's going to be H2O somewhere in there. So if you have these gaps in the mortise and, and the, the tenon, it leaves a place where there could be a low pressure area and it'll condensate. So I try on almost all my pipes to have as little as possible of a, of a gap there because being in the South where it is so wet, you know, you can, you can run into that problem. Now, if you're in Las Vegas and it's 0% humidity and you're smoking an English blend and you never have a problem with this, man, good for you. So the, those have been the things that have stepped up, you know, like my tobacco game and my, my pipe game. So now that I have the two pieces, I guess the last piece is the fire. And what I highly recommend on fire is to butane. Because if, if you're, if you have a really good sense of smell, you're going to smell pretty much anything else. If, if it's a Zippo lighter, you're going to smell that. If you're using matches, the smell of the wood burning, I get that a lot. And I, that's okay. I like that smell. I don't like the sulfur smell. So, um, so I, I can occasionally use matches, but I prefer just butane. And, you, and that can come in so many ways. You can spend $200 on a, a I Am Corona which is an amazing experience. And I recommend at some point in your pipe life, have one of those, please have one because they're great. But I also recommend something like a Dejeep lighter, which is a really large bowl, you know, uh, cigarette lighter. And uh, it it has a a really large tank on it. So it's great for pipes and easy to use. So, but butane is the way I like to go. So you've got all the three ingredients. Now you're going to figure out. So, so you should have success now. Any, if you have failure at this point, it's on you. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. Well, how do you bring yourself to the table properly to meet all this great equipment that you've purchased? And I think, 
I think to do that right is it's it's a mindset. You have to come consciously trying to get enjoyment out of the pipe. It's not going to smoke itself, and it's not as easy as smoking cigarettes or cigars. Mm-hmm. There, you know, like a, a cigar. In my opinion, and I've smoked many over the last couple of years, is a much easier hobby than pipes. Um, oh yeah, easily. I mean, it's, I mean, expensive, but but well, still. I, I, I mean, yeah, like, and I, I think it's actually yeah. four to five times is more expensive. Really? But I, I would argue that the ritual of doing this and the meditative qualities of of smoking the pipe far outweigh the problem. Now. I've taught many people how to smoke a pipe. And what I've learned about teaching people to smoke a pipe is that people must teach themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. I, you can show people all day long, but until they invest themselves and they get super, you, you really need the enthusiasm of, of I'm going to figure this out. So now how, but how do you know when it's right? And that's the question I kept coming back to me. It's like, well, when, at what point in this did I realize that, Hey, I, I was doing this right and, and I'm enjoying it and it's the way it's supposed to be. And I think, I think when I figured that out is when I had made almost every mistake known to man, I had tried everything. I had realized that, okay, well, this isn't what I want to do. And here's on the other side, I don't want to do that. So here in the middle maybe the right thing to do. And I'm afraid that you have to go on that journey alone. So, and, um, so, but it is so much fun. And that's what I want to present to people is like, you know, you, one, one of the things that I learned. So, so out of all the things I know about smoking a pipe, the thing that I learned with Virginia tobacco specifically, and this works for most others is I have to learn to control the temperature of it. So if I can't control the temperature of Virginia tobacco, what happens when it gets too hot? It has this really uh, acidic, harsh taste. And, uh, but when it's this perfect temperature, it's, it's wonderful. And, and the aftertaste is just amazing. So, so learning to control the temperature. So how do I do that? And the, the, the reality is, is I forego all the things that's in the tinderbox pamphlet that says I must light my tobacco tamp it down, do it with a charring light and then light again. And then it must smoke from the top of the bowl to the bottom. When I got over that piece of stupid information, I was set free. So now I just let it go out and I keep it at the right temperature. So it tastes right. I can't tell you how many years I was so upset with myself that I couldn't get it to stay lit all the way down. And I, I have other people that I've been teaching how to smoke a pipe and they're like, yeah, you know, I have 30 matches that I've gone through here and it keeps going out. What am I doing wrong? And I was like, well, you're really not doing anything wrong. I said, just keep going and you will eventually figure out how to keep it lit a little longer. And that's all that matters. Yeah. That's so crucial too. I mean, like I got to double down on this one, man. I feel like there are so many newer pipe smokers that their enjoyment for the pipe like wanes in the early days because of that frustration alone. And you do, you're exactly right. You go to kind of the handbooks or you go to kind of some of the guides, even, even, you know, obviously we've given instructional episodes on, on how to light your pipe, how to keep it lit, that sort of thing. But ultimately it is quite literally a trial by fire. It is something that you have to kind of pick up on your own. And regardless of, of, you know, if you focus too much on trying to do it the, the right mechanical way, I would say you don't get that feel, you know what I mean? Like it's something that you kind of, at least for me anyway, 
it was something that I just kind of had to feel out and stop trying to do it. The, yeah. Well, you know. don't, don't focus on it. Focus on the taste and focus on the smell. And when those are right, the other falls into place. So you really, cause, cause That's who right. cares if it, if it, <laughs> if you can smoke the thing from top to bottom and you've got a foul, wet mess and it's a hot smoke, what is the point of doing this? And, and I, I can't tell you how many times mm. I've tried to keep and worked and got it hot and got the pipe hot, just trying to keep the smoke going. I was like, what am I doing? And um, the other thing is, is a lot of times if the tobacco is really, really moist, the bowl will just get filled up with moisture. And it is so you can you can learn to do this smoking in the rain. I, I recommend everybody try to learn to smoke in the rain. And mm. because what you'll do is it, it's a it's a it's a lesson in frustration of keeping the tobacco lit and keeping it cool. <laughs> it, it's like the, the, uh -huh. the worst possible situation. And you end up, what you end up doing, if you do this long enough is you turn the pipe bowl upside down and smoke it in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is something that has been discussed so many times about yeah. the upside down thing. I, I don't know that I'll ever be there. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I will ever be the upside down smoker. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> I know this is a thing. I know that there are there are better men and and likely better women out there when it comes to uh, to smoking pipes that can that can do that. But well, if you're if you're out lunting in the woods and you only have one bowl of pipe tobacco and you got a three mile walk back home and you want that bowl lit, you'll do it. You know, and right. and that's that's the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> Always trying to find some new way to enjoy your pipe. I, I've recently tried to learn how to walk and smoke my pipe mm -hmm. at the same time and it and and control the heat simultaneously. It is extremely hard for me. Oh yeah. Huh. Because I like to sit down with everything set up and literally meditate on the taste of the pipe. And you know, I'm not a, a meditating kind of guy, you know, but in meditation you focus say on your breath or something, something that you, you know, and, and, and despite right, everything that's going on around you, you stay focused on that. Well, you can sort of do the same thing with a pipe and, what you'll find is that as you slow down, as you meditate and you slow down and you keep your pipe cool, all of a sudden, all these crazy tastes and smells and things that you hear these people wax poetic about, you know, this tastes like graham crackers and chestnuts and popcorn with some daisies. <laughs> those things start to occur. Right. Now, why, why do those occur? Because your tongue can't taste any of those things. Your tongue only tastes sweet, sour, savory, bitter, you know, things like that. I think it only tastes five things. But all the other stuff is smell. Right. So if you if you're like like if you had vanilla and chocolate ice cream and you didn't have a sense of smell, you would not know the difference between it. It would just be sweet on your tongue. All this olf olfactory well, they have a word for it where where your whatever goes in your mouth ends up, you know, literally in your nose, those odors. That's what you're trying to pick out. And what you're gonna find is that as you slow down and you think about these things. All of a sudden, you'll get a hint of something that was like orange or hay. It will happen, and it will shock you. You'll be like, "Oh wow!" and 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 you'll start to try to chase it, and then inevitably, you're going to start to puff harder because you you want that to come. It's going to get hot, and it'll go away. So that's the thing <laughs> that you go. you've got to kind of stop doing is working so hard and, but you really need to think about what you're doing while you're, while you're smoking and all of a sudden this, all this enjoyment will come from it. It, it is really bizarre that, that 
people talk about these things and, and what they say is I don't have the palate to pick up those scents and smells and all that stuff. And, and I find that the, some people have an easier time of it than others, but I, I feel like it has a lot to do with number one, I'm thinking about it while I'm smoking. I'm looking for those things. I'm giving the pipe the chance to produce those because mm-hmm. it's not too hot. I'm not drinking, you know, monsters <laughs> while I'm doing this and destroying my palate. Right. So for leveling up your pipe game, I guess that would be one of my last things is to just make sure that you have a clean palate. Always take something to drink. And sadly, I think the best things to drink, and nobody's going to like this, but I think they're water and tea. So uh, tea, black tea and green tea and Virginia pipe tobacco certainly yeah okay now hang on now people are like i get i get that that's not fun but at the same time we're, we're, we're talking about wanting to make sure that you're getting the most out of this right like you know when we when we bust out the brown water we're not saying do that while you're well, uh, right and while you're uh, a new so i mean and there are other reasons you might not want to do that because i mean you know alcohol certainly destroys sure. that lining in your mouth that's your protective coating for whatever all the smoke, <laughs> if, if there's a danger of the hobby, connecting those two things. And that's what people really don't like to hear, and myself included. But I find that, that most of the time, you know, black tea, green tea, or water brings out the best in, in pipe tobacco. I have read, you know, a lot of people drink sodas. Occasionally, I can find that those pair properly, but not really. And it's not the same. As a matter of fact, what ends up happening is the soda taste or Coca-Cola or Pepsi. The The only reason you would really take that is if you were very nicotine sensitive. And that's the other thing you want to avoid getting mm. the spins because that to just ruin the experience. And the better it tastes, the more you pull, the more nicotine you get towards the bottom of the, the bowl, you know, you get more and more nicotine. So you, you do have to be careful. You have to have some restraint and you have to have this with cigars as well, obviously, you know, and that can certainly ruin your day. And, and if you do, man, I just recommend that you, you know, go and lie down and uh, drink, drink some Dr. Pepper and go and lie down and, and then remember what happened to you so you can avoid it in the future. Those things to me are some of, after so many years of doing this are, are one of the, the things that really made a big difference. The one thing I didn't talk about is the tamper, such a misunderstood tool. It's just a, a lot of misinformation about it. What I would recommend for a new pipe smoker to learning how to use the tamper or even an intermediate one You'll hear people talk all these different ways where they're chasing an ember around around the bowl. And, 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 and I recommend if you want to learn to do that, go smoke in the dark so you can see the ember because it's real. What they're talking about is truly a thing. The tamper is just like your foot and there's, uh, you know, uh, a fire gets out of hand and you're stomping out, stomping out the flame. If you overuse the tamper, it's going to put your pipe out. So... What I tell people when they're trying to learn how to use this thing is all you're trying to do with it is bring burning tobacco in contact with unburning tobacco. That is all it should be. No pressure, no other thing. Just make the two come together and and do this while you're drawing on the pipe because it's like a bellows. You're bringing in air because you need, obviously you need air for the combustion. You bring them in contact and then you you know, you bring air into the picture. That's the simplest way to use it without getting it overly complex. And if you can learn to do that, what you'll find is, is once you've got your pipe going and you can smoke without relighting, you'll find that it'll go out and you'll light again and you'll light again and you'll light again and it won't light anymore. 
Well, that's when you need, you know, at that point you need to tamp and you should have already been tamping, but it's a wonderful indication of what you should do because as soon as you tamp it down lightly and, and you see that you just crush through all this burnt ash, the tamper literally falls to wherever the unburnt tobacco is. Pipe smoking should be a natural reaction because if you're having to do something and overthink something, you're probably doing it wrong or you're doing something that's unnecessary. Man, but right there, exactly right there. I think I think that's the whole deal. If you're overthinking it, you're probably doing it wrong. If if like all of these have been such great advice uh, for that that rookie getting up to that intermediate level, and I think uh, I think that sums it up. I, I know over my pipe journey, I, there have been several times that I've been overthinking things. And one of the things, though, I will say that is nice about the pipe world that you never have to overthink because it's always a good decision, and that is picking up a great quality corncob pipe from our friends at Missouri Beer Shop. And no doubt. <laughs> Man, you mentioned it earlier. And so that's the thing, right? I mean, like any gas station you go into, you can you can always find a probably a jar of Missouri Meerschaum pipes. The reality is, is any pipe shop worth its salt is going to have some good quality Missouri Meerschaum pipes. They're not too expensive. And if you're looking at ways to find a pipe that is uh, cost effective, but you're also going to absolutely fall in love with, I highly recommend them. The Country Gentleman, my favorite Missouri Meerschaum pipe. I've got a couple of them and it's still a go-to for me. I've got a lot of hours of enjoyment uh, with my Country Gentleman. And, uh, and of course, you know, I've, I've, uh, Typically, whenever I'm fishing, too, they're 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 always my go-to. So, pick yourself up, country gentleman, if you happen to have one. If you're smoking it this week, be sure to uh, take a picture of yourself doing so. We'd love to retweet those out to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Quick Fire with the Squire. Quick Fire Questions! Oh, it's, it's weird without John David going, ow! <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to do it, though. That'd be, no, no, no. That would be torture. I'm not, that's, <laughs> I could strum a guitar chord, like a really strangest guitar chord I could find. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. No, man, this, these quick fire questions are actually specifically for you. Because as I mentioned at the very top of the show, you are an art enthusiast. And anyone who has seen your art can see that uh, there is a lot of hero and kind of comic book inspiration. So I've got I've got a I've got a DC versus Marvel quick fire question for you. You ready for this? Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, man. Superman or Captain America? And notice this is not a versus. This is just you have to choose Superman or Captain America. Yeah, I, I mean I, I'm a big time Marvel guy, but you know it's got to go to Superman. Uh, he is uh, when when I think of Superman, man, I think of the Jim Lee Superman mm. that I was reading when I was a kid, and uh, oh, it's got to be that. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be Superman. I, I've never been a huge Captain America fan, and, and I don't know why, but I, I wanted to be, but it's Superman all the way. You know, in the comics, I could never, like, I was much more, I read more Superman comics than I read Captain America comics. I think the first ever Captain America story was probably Civil War. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's the, a great the comic one. book series. Fantastic story. Yeah. And I remember there's that image in particular where he, like, like, shield is after him, and he busts out, and he's, like, riding on top of, like, a 
an airplane, but he's got like his hand busted through and he's like holding on to the broken glass. And and he's he's like chastising the, uh, the, the pilot for like cursing. He's like, watch that potty mouth or something (laughs) like that. I can't remember what he said, but it is pretty funny. But no, I think, um, especially then the movies, the, the, the movie Captain America is really kind of, I think normally I would choose Superman, but in the, in the modern era where I feel like you have to kind of incorporate the live action stuff, Captain America might be slightly, slightly above Superman, but you're right. Superman is the iconic one. Christopher Reeves, man. Oh yeah. The classic. All right. Batman or Iron Man? Oh, Batman all the way. Yeah. How can you not? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Iron Man is cool. Oh, he's but great. It's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can, right. if you can be Batman, definitely choose to be Batman. <laughs> definitely. And, and a pipe smoker in the earliest days. Oh, so yeah. yeah, there's, there's also that, uh, wonder woman or Thor. Oh man. I, you know, I only started recently reading some wonder woman when Dave Finch started drawing it. He did an amazing job. His, his oh, wife yeah. wrote it, but I, I got to go back to John Buscema's Thor. Some, uh, some of the I, I, silver surfer number four, that just a classic mm. cover that the Thor cosmic. was on that, uh, on that cover. And uh, yeah, so it's got to be Thor. You know, the, the, the comic story that really got me behind Thor was the one where it was like the rebirth of the gods post Ragnarok, where they're all out in like Oklahoma or something like that. Mm. You know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep. It was a great, the art style was very different to what I was accustomed to. Like I always like, you look at those characters and they're all like a little bit wider than like, like most humans would actually be uh, even like the humans, but it gave the gods kind of this, this bigger than life quality that I thought was really interesting. And, yeah, the floating city. I thought that was pretty cool, but um, yeah, I got to give it to Thor, man. Got the got the the hammer. You got Mjolnir, meow meow. Mjolnir always uh, uh for the win. Uh, Martian Manhunter or the Hulk? Oh, I'm I'm going with the Hulk. You know, when I was when I was young, well, who what was the guy's name? Was it Bill Bixby? I'm trying to remember who who was the live action Hulk when I was a kid. They had a Spider Man. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think he he passed away of cancer or something, but man. it was Bill Bixby and Lou right. Ferrigno was the Hulk. So yeah, it's gotta be the Hulk. Those, he's a uh, amazing. And, uh, you know, originally I guess who would have been Jack Kirby drew the Hulk. And, uh, yeah. I mean, yes, that Kirby look, yeah. I mean, that was such an iconic, you know, scrunchy face style that Kirby had. And, um, I mean like that, I mean that with no disrespect. I mean, it's just the, the iconic nature of, of his art form. Yep. Um, all right. Green arrow or Hawkeye. Oh man, I, I, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Hawkeye and I, I think it's because, oh, well, back, back when I was, <laughs> when I was working at my grandfather's drugstore, they had a, they, they came out with a Hawkeye comic book and I really didn't know who he was, but I loved that, you know, he was an archer. So, and, and I read those stories and, and I thought they were great. Both of those characters are second tier characters for me they're they're you know not something that that i would come yeah out nobody's and, waiting in line for a hawkeye movie yeah yeah but recent <laughs> recently the marvel came out with uh i'm trying to remember who drew yes it. yes it i know was, what you're talking about yeah the, the recent story. it was phenomenal anyway I, I do love the green arrow neil neil adams art that that is really good but it's it's going to hawkeye yeah okay yeah i i i think green arrow looks cooler but hawkeye is a much more i think interesting complex character but yeah very very much both of them are kind of in the the back tier of their teams and then finally uh black canary or black widow black widow definitely i mean scarlett johansson (laughs) like right that's (laughs) just scarlett johansson's (laughs) 
<laughs> the characters don't even come in. I hear you on that one, man. Absolutely. Well, I'm, look, I think I appreciate you uh, you playing along with uh, with our quick fire questions here and uh, and getting a little geeky because you know if I just put this before John David, he'd just say Gumby all the way through. <laughs> Gumby. <laughs> Your Your thoughts, thoughts, your your comments, comments. listener feedback. All right, man, I got a quick listener feedback I want to read off here from iTunes before we head out. Uh, This came in from Circle. Uh, Circle writes and says, wow, just wow. As a Mississippi expat, it is great to hear these two friends talk about uh, not only pipes and pipe tobacco, but the history and culture of everything in between. Uh, the openness these two have with their listeners as they discuss their lives, their friendship, their comfort levels on so many levels. Uh, they remind me of myself and my best friends. We are both Mississippi natives and we lost contact after moving away, but then realized that we lived just blocks away from each other in Florida. The friendship was rekindled and we ended up working together for the same company on the same team. Our wives became best friends. And though we had our ups and downs, we have remained closest friends or rather brothers. Several years ago, we both got into pipes and it has been a mainstay for us. But about two years, uh, he got the opportunity and moved several states away. It's been hard and we talked often, try to visit as much as we can, though it's been hard these uh, last few days, especially during the pandemic. That being said, listening to John, David and Bo, they remind me of us as we seem to be able to pick up right where we left off every time we speak. So thank you both for showing your listeners what friendship and brotherhood is all about. I can't wait to make the pilgrimage to the country squire the next time I make the trek back to my hometown in the Delta. And maybe, just maybe, uh, my brother can meet me there for a bowl and the tram. Thank you for the information, entertainment, and I wish you both the very best. And that comes from Michael, aka Circle on iTunes. Michael, wow, thank you so much. And uh, it's so great to uh, to hear kind of your, your story too of being able to connect with a friend and uh, even how just kind of enjoying pipes together, uh, you know, uh, aided in that. So. Really appreciate that, and what great feedback. And uh, by the way, if you've not headed over to iTunes, write us a review there. It's a great way to help support the show. and doesn't cost you a dime to do it. But if you have a couple of dimes that you'd like to support the show with, uh, head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. Y'all shout out to John David. Uh, show him a lot of love, a lot of thoughts and prayers for him and his family as they're adjusting now to baby number two, uh, along with a lot of things going on at the shop. <laughs> He's got a lot on his plate right now. So y'all be uh, thinking about him, sending him some uh, some well wishes and everything. I'm sure he'd really appreciate that. But uh, uh, Russ, man, I know uh, over the next couple of weeks, John David will be back, but I think we're going to have you you back as well. We got to you brought us from the rookie to the intermediate. I'm really excited with your level of knowledge and maybe a little bit intimidated to hear how you would take the inter- intermediate to the uh, experts. So looking forward to having you okay. back soon. All right. Yeah. Well, the, and, and nobody worry. John David will be back. So you don't have to listen to me for weeks and weeks on end. So. <laughs> Not at all. Man, I'm, I'm happy to have you here. How can folks uh, keep up with you? Check out your artwork and uh, yeah, just get in touch in general. Yeah, so um, I do have a DeviantArt page. Uh, it's uh, uh, ricksart at deviantart.com, uh, R-H-I-X-A-R-T. And it's the same at Instagram. So um, so I'm on there. Um, so stop by, check it out, and you know, say hi. All right, man. Well, good deal. Well, hey, <laughs> Russ, let's go have a day. All right. We'll see you both. Thanks so much.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.